Hi, everyone. This is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And today's guest is Lydon Smith, who is the Regional Operations Director for Team Sport, which is an amazing go-kart company. Um, it's an amazing podcast today. I hope you really enjoy it. Um, Lydon covers some really great points. And one of the key things we talk about is the exploration of careers in different parts of the industry. And Lydon's almost like the first guest we've had like that, which is really exciting. I really hope you guys get something from it. What really comes across is how much Lydon really cares about how much uh, about his team and his work and, and how much he, he places all value of that. Um, in every job that he's done. Lydon also covers lots of interview tips. We also discuss some modern recruitment, the importance of speed, the candid experience, honesty, and the rise of tech in terms of recruitment. So hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest um, is Regional Operations Director of Team Sport, uh, Mr. Lydon Smith. Um, I've known Lydon a really long time. Um, ever since your GM days at LA Fitness. Yep. Um, stayed in touch, maintained a friendship during that time. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. You are a truly lovely guy. First and foremost, obviously really successful in what you've done. There's an area I'd really like to explore today, which I know we've already, already spoken about. It's the fact that your, your career has been embracing different sectors you haven't just stayed where you are where it's been comfortable you've you've firstly been conscious enough and aware enough to see there's opportunities in other in other industries um, where you can transfer your skills so you've been conscious you have the skills you've then transferred and been open to those steps as well and that's only made you even better and kicks on even more uh, in your in your career so I'd like to explore that a bit today as well, if that's okay. Yeah, fantastic. Right? Right. So on that basis, same question I ask everybody when we start off with. Um, this is the Love Your Career podcast. Have you loved your career so far? Yes, abs absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, loved my career so far. And the, the journey it's been on, as you mentioned there, Lawrence, being able to, being lucky enough to be able to work in multiple different businesses across yeah. leisure, hospitality, family entertainment um it's been great and i guess in height it's not until hindsight moments where you look back on certain roles and opportunities i've had that i've loved it more in hindsight than being in the thick of things at times i guess loads of learnings from it and and i guess yeah that every, every role i've been in I've, I've i've wanted to get into that role and done it because there's been a passion and an excitement of what that opportunity brings and I guess that has been the opportunity if I've had to continue my platform and my career to where it is today. Is that is the, the word passion? Is that being behind some of the reasons you've gone and done some of the stuff that you've done? Yeah, I get, a lot of a lot friends will a lot of more friends will say, "Lydon, you've had really some really interesting, cool, cool jobs." Um, you have, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky in that sense. I don't think an office job 
Um, nothing wrong with office Monday to Friday jobs, but I, I guess what, what gets me excited is not necessarily that, and it's more being around people and being involved in different projects um, that that really kind of bring out what I enjoy doing. And friends telling me, go, you know, the, the career you've had and the jobs you've done have, have been really exciting compared to what I've done. And I guess I'm, I, I don't always see that, so I'm quite grateful for, for feedback like that, I guess, at times. Do you mind talking us through the, the, the stops so far, I guess, on your journey? Yeah, sure. So, um, it started when I was 17 at sixth form, didn't want to go to uni, I'm lucky enough to do work experience with my aunt at 16 who got £200 out of the petty cash tin um, and thought, great, I can earn some money here at 16, this is all right, and then had this desire to go, right, I want to go to work. Um, bad knee injury, needed an operation, wanted to be a football coach. That sadly never happened, but really enjoyed going to the gym. Took on a two week intensive course to be a fitness instructor and then the LA fitness journey started from there at 18. <laughs> there it was. Yeah. Um, nearly a decade later, being a GM um, with LA, went into David Lloyd. Um, from there, took the massive leap to go and work for Bourne Leisure and a caravan sales manager uh, for Haven down on the south coast, which was a great experience. Um, changed my life in that sense as well. Um, had to move out of London and go to the south coast, which was amazing. Um, truly recommend stretching anyone's comfort zone mm. if you wanted to do something like that. Really learned and enjoyed that. Um, after a few years in the world of caravans, which was amazing. Um, our daughter was born and then ended up moving back into sort of back towards London and ended up working for Flip Out, running, building and growing the trampoline world that, that boomed. After three or so years, three and a half years of that, then went into the world of go-karts where I am today with um, Team Sport Indoor Karting. Nice. You mentioned about stretching your comfort zone. Do you, do you, do you place a lot of like, a value on that? Is that important, do you think? It's, it's the exciting thrill of life. I, 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 the only job I got into that kind of knew what I was going to be doing was when I was a fitness instructor and started with LA. I, I've been to the gym, I'm talking to instructors there. I knew what that job was about. Leaving the health club world to go to sell caravans was like, I'd been in caravans. We went on a lot of, lot of holidays as kids in caravans. Had to sell or know about them, not a clue. Um, then the world of trampolines turned up never been to a trampoline park in my life at that point because there wasn't many around, that was new. It really was at that time. No, 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 I remember when the franchisee that I worked for, um, they took me to the unit and it was an empty concrete shell, it wasn't even built, built at that point, and they said, what do you think? Where should we put plug sockets? What colour chairs should we have? What designs should we have? I've been selling caravans for three years, I haven't got a clue how to build a, build a trampoline park. Um, and then the world of um, go-karts, came upon me three years later and again I've been in a go-kart for you know maybe on two occasions yeah knowing the functionalities of how that business worked not a clue and I think that was the thrill of something new and exciting that I could learn and um, I, I guess that's been quite passionate that what, what buttons to push with me has always been about the opportunity to learn something okay. new and is that the reason why you've, if you didn't know anything about the sex, it's be so easy for people, and we see it all the time, mm. it's so easy for people to go, no, I don't know enough about that, I'm gonna stay within my lane, I'm staying with my comfort zone and do that. You didn't, you saw the opportunity to go and push yourself. What was it about it? What, 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 how were your eyes open to the possibilities of those things? I guess I, I said to you earlier, Lawrence, that 
every interview I've gone for and had a chat about a new opportunity, I've always gone into every genuinely gone into them interviews telling that person on the other side of the table that I really love my job and I love what I'm doing. Um, but where's the next opportunity? Where's the next career path and, and opportunity for me? And I guess the one thing that's been consistent with every new role I've gone into is the people I'm meeting have been, there's been an alignment with values, there's been an alignment with culture, the, the exciting opportunity that that role will bring and the company's direction has been great. And I guess that the older I've got, the more, the more importance I feel that that has had on what, why I am where I am today, that actually there's such an important value in making sure that whoever you're going to work for, whether you're looking to change a career or you're looking at your own self-development and growth, that that alignment on the company's purpose, the values that that business holds has got to be aligned with what you believe in. Otherwise, there will be you know, a bit like a marriage. If you're not getting on, you don't share the same um, beliefs or you're not, um, you're not on the same wavelength, there, there's going to be a bit of tension, friction or a disalignment. And, and I think going, going to meeting with meeting with my current employers team sport was really brought that alive and really honed in on the fact that you know values culture purpose and direction in a business is really really helpful that that's loud and clear not only for obviously the business performance but all of its employees that there is an opportunity that that journey everybody goes on that journey mm. and and that is really important that there is a there is a clarity on direction that really ties in with a theme that's come up time and time again in pretty much every podcast so far is the importance of the narrative so we kind of jump in almost immediately into tips for counseling clients now at yeah. a particular point we'll start we'll start with with businesses getting the narrative piece right is clearly really important anyway mm -hmm. now we are one question two questions in and you spoke you've spoken about the value of getting someone from an outside industry into another sector by that company being really good and making sure it got across mm. what it's so great at. That shows how important it is, doesn't it? 100%. Do, do, you, do you believe in that? Do you find that's coming to how you recruit as well? Yeah, you know, no one I've interviewed to come and work for Caravan Sales, Trampoline Parks, and more recent, obviously now, um, the go-karting world, no one turns up for an interview with a CV three pages long of experience in that particular world. and. You know, businesses have got their purpose, direction, and goal. And actually, I think it's it's a real knack that business leaders and people interviewing candidates know that direction, but they need to understand the candidates in front of them won't know that. And it's important then to really try and understand who you're meeting. They, you need to make them feel relaxed and be themselves because you're recruiting you're recruiting a human being that you want to see their values and you want to see who they are as a person, because they're going to influence the performance of that business. They're not going to walk into an interview knowing how to do the job you're interviewing them for. Yes, there's an element of got to be, you know, the content of understanding their background's important, and if, they're, if they are going to be suitable in that sense. Yeah, of course. But actually, your job as a recruiter is to support, train, coach, and develop an individual to be great at the job you want them to do. So it's really important then that the, the human side of this employers need to really make sure that I guess the focus in an interview is make that candidate feel relaxed make them be able to bring out their true self how, how do you do that how do you how do you get people relaxed so I in, in an interview um, it's I, I, I really try to start with just my own body language will be relaxed because nice. you see candidates turn up to an interview very very solid stiff <laughs> upright 
And and how many time how many times in your life do you go for an interview? It's not natural. It's not something you do every day. The candidate doesn't know what's going to happen. They might have a brief idea of what questions might be asked, how might it last for. They might be running through their head what's going to happen. But it's again that's the comfort zone piece, isn't it? It's being stretched because you don't genuinely know what's going to happen. You might not have ever met that person that's going to interview before. So there's a there's a lack of there's not a connect to start with. And I think it's really important that. If you if you work in a customer facing environment, you want you want that candidate to really feel comfortable, so they can be themselves, because they're not going to be able to put an act on in an interview for the next year or two of their life in if they get the job, and then actually there's that's poor from a hiring perspective that you might take someone on that isn't the right fit. So to get someone to really be themselves, what I what I do is. I'll relax, I'll talk about me, I'll talk about what I'm not very good at, I'll talk about what I failed in, I'll talk about what I really enjoy about life, I'll tell them about me. Yeah. And I'll try and steer away from the point of work to start with, just to make that candidate feel relaxed. And as soon as I start to see that body language just relax and open up a bit, and, and everyone starts to s just slide down in their chair just to touch, I then ask, the first question I'll ask though about five minutes after waffling will be, tell me about you, but don't talk about work. It's really hard. And yeah. It's quite an uncomfortable question because they've prepared to talk about their career and their experience. And it, it ends up being me bringing the work piece in before they do in the end, and actually we end up laughing. And, it, and, I, and again, it's an opportunity for me to say, oh, I've failed, I've spoken about work and not you. And it just helps make that candidate see that we're all vulnerable. Yeah. And actually it, it then helps open that conversation up. And then when we do get into more specific questions around suitability for the role, then I might sit up in my chair a bit more and be a bit more direct yeah. with the questions just to... Why do you think you do it that way? Why do you relax people in that way? Uh, I guess because I've, I've seen... Uh, I think it's really important that in any role you're in, you need to enjoy what you're doing. And I, and I always ask the question and always explain to candidates, what is it you want to know about us? What is it you need to leave this room today? It ain't about if we think you're going to be right for us. You've got to leave this room genuinely knowing the business you've applied for is right for you. It's your career. You hear the term all the time, life's too short. Actually, you work for 45, unless you're lucky enough to win the lottery, you're going to be working for 45 years of your life. That's that's scary. That don't seem short to me. <laughs> that's long. So, that's long. So, so why not enjoy what you're doing? And I think it's really important that as a candidate, you go to a job and you go for an interview in a role. Yes, you've got to do your research and homework on that business to know what you're, that's important. I think it's more important for yourself to understand that you're going to an interview for a role where there is a there is an alignment with something you're good at, something you enjoy, and something you're passionate about. There's no point you going for a job interview into a role for something that you don't feel comfortable. You've got no relativity with. You can't relate to what um, that role's about. And actually, you think in six months I'm not going to enjoy doing this because being in front of people or working evenings or weekends or whatever it might be isn't isn't suitable for me. Then don't do it because yeah. you're not going to enjoy it and after after a few months there'll be a lack of trust there'll be a disconnect there'll be a frustration on both behalves you won't be able to put 100% into it and, and I've seen it many times people have got into roles they've just not enjoyed and it's that's that's no fun for yeah. anybody I definitely want to revisit tips for both clients and clients a little later on if you don't mind I'm just going to come back to you just for mm. a little bit what do you think there's a single biggest reason for your success? What almost is there a secret sauce for you? What why have you continuously progressed and done so well? What what is it you do? Try to stay as present as I possibly can and really try to um, 
where be where I am today and enjoy and embrace today and do it do it with a smile on my face as often as I can and be really humble about where where I am in in the current times and you know the a saying that I've, I've really enjoyed hearing more recently is you haven't come this far to only come this far hmm. um, and um, I think it's surrounding yourself with really good people I haven't I couldn't have got to where I am if it weren't for a great team supporting me and people that have reported to me that have been really successful in their career and I've always come to work now my job's to make a difference to other people's lives and if I can if I can really add value to help other people develop then naturally the the consequence of that is great business performance which enables opportunity to grow from there as well yeah and I think that's a transferable skill it doesn't matter what industry you're in if, if, if you if you're in a team actually being able to help other people um, that that is transferable in any any sector and anything you do so secret sauce for me helping other people and the second part to that I'd add is that really understanding what the company's purpose and mission in life is and understanding what your boss's direction is. And if they're really good and they're helping you, putting yourself in their shoes and understanding, how can I help you, boss? How can I help you grow? How can I help us grow, we? And I think if you can get that across right and you understand it through there then, they're the lens, actually you're on the right path. Line that's really, really good advice. All three or four of those points, just great advice. Do you mind me asking you about, about a couple of them, if, the, if you don't mind? Sure. You said about stay as present as possible. What brilliant advice for people to, it means, you, it means you're there. You're not trying to think about thousands of mm. things. That ties in a little bit about um, focusing on the one thing, be really good at what you do, but mm. also about goal setting and things. Do you get too far ahead of yourself? In that, when you sit, by staying present, do you also then think about where I'm going, what's next, how do I prep for the next role? Do you goal set that way as well? I, I do to some degree, but at the same time, I've learned not to not to take things as seriously. Not, okay. not and that, don't don't confuse that with not being driven or knowing the importance of hard work or being really kind of targeted and focused on what you want to achieve. Yeah. I guess I, the learning from that was when I got into the health club worlds. Eighteen fitness instructor, nineteen group fitness coordinator, twenty fitness manager. And I'm thinking, great, I'm going to get promoted every year. I should I should be running if if I'd been promoted every year in my career I'd be running the world by now Amazing. I guess and I guess it's been a few knockbacks and and learnings and I don't like to use the word failure because it's there's a it's a toxic dirty word and it's more really like learnings and and being given feedback on why and I think I've learned you know thinking back to my days back then thinking wish I'd enjoyed it more because it was a great a great all these roles were great and I think it's just if you live in the present more, you'll enjoy life more. And actually, I think that opens up more doors than trying to chase something. Because if you don't achieve that, you set yourself these goals, and for whatever reason you don't quite get there, you end up resenting. It, you, it, you, there's the there's the worry that you end up thinking I failed. Yeah. And and that's not the case. Sometimes you just got to enjoy the journey. Yeah. And 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 again, that comes back to surrounding yourself with good people and living in the present. Nice. Two or three more things now. <laughs> you keep saying things that really resonate with me. <laughs> so I, keep, I keep writing things down. Um, you said about you give a lot of credit to the people in your teams. Absolutely, mm. completely right. I don't think people do that enough. But do you, is there credit for you though, even within that, that you're the one to put the teams together? Is there is there real value in being really good at the recruitment, spotting talent, creating platforms for others? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You you 
again, you're you're only as good as and you you know using sport analogies, you're only as good as the worst member of your team. You're you know it's a team effort in what you do, and you have to surround yourself with good people. And I think back to that recruitment piece that you you really want to have a people. You know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We've all got lives to live. We've all got our own stories to tell and you yeah. really want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are really going to fit into the mold of what you're looking for you can train skill you can't train and teach his, his personality yeah. and, and someone's someone's own view in life and I think you, you really need to make sure that the people you've got around you are going to help take everyone be part of that journey that everyone goes on yeah. even if it's for you. and again being selfless like I'm only going to be as good if my team are that good. I can't progress if my team are terrible or not performing or not motivated and not driven. I could be as driven and motivated as I want in my life, but if, as I can be, if my people around me are not, something's not quite right there. And, and again, that's that, you've got to look at yourself in the mirror to, to get the best out of other people and not look at them and point fingers and go, why are you not motivated? Why are you not driven? Yeah. That's, that's how I see my job, to make sure I get the best out of people. Have you had times when you've been in that situation though where you've had people that aren't quite on the bus in the way you want them to be? Yep, yeah, I think I think, to that? I think everyone can relate to that at some point. And I guess as I've learned, as I've grown, is that, again, sometimes it's, you, you've got to find the deep-rooted cause of why that is. And sometimes mm. it, you're not pushing the right buttons for that person, you're not, um, you're not motivating as well as they could do, or actually you've not actually been able to spot their talent and what their strengths are and engage and align that with the direction the business is going yeah. in. And I think sometimes you do get recruitment wrong, but again, I'd, I'd say that, go back to that recruitment piece around, are you providing a platform for a candidate to be their true self? It's really important that business leaders allow teams and individuals to be themselves yeah and one of the key things for me to to be able to do that is ask more questions don't always give people the answers the the power in the room and more recently we did a um leadership course uh for team sport with you know duty managers first step into the world of management and just ask them questions and asking them what do you think how can we make this place and this business better we think we know the answers yeah. and it's so easy to say, yeah, this is what to do. Yeah. And we just sat back and listened and some of the answers in the room were amazing. And, and actually some nuggets that come out of that room and one, one young lad that I'm, I'm lucky enough, he works in my region. Um, he said, leadership, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And it's, it's all about everybody else. And, and wow, yeah. And it actually it just makes you take a step back and go, yeah, you're absolutely right. I love the point as well, just come back to some of the answers you gave you just a few seconds ago about being in sync with the leadership. So somebody say, speaking to your boss and going, well, basically how can I make you better essentially? That's actually a bit of a new point for the podcast. Mm. Um, did that, has that come over time or have you always kind of, kind of realized that being in sync with leadership actually makes the whole machine work better? So it's true, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, it certainly does. I think trust and empowerment are real big things to enable that to thrive. Yeah, I think that you've 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 got to feel that your boss has got your back. Equally, you've got to provide an environment where your team can feel vulnerable and open and ask for help and support if they need it, and not feel bad about thinking I'm failing. I'm not. I'm le I'm learning. I don't know. I need to ask for help, but I'm scared to. It's providing that platform that it's okay not to know have all the answers again. Yeah, and I think that 
if you've got that trust and the relationships great in a management or, or any teams it, it it certainly enables them sort of conversations to say boss my job's to help we're all, we've all got the same purpose we're all trying to achieve the same thing but are we really aligned yeah do i know what's important to you and how can i help and i think that that does you know it, if more of my managers come to me and said that every day that would be great because i think it just reconnects exactly what we're doing and makes sure we're on point can you agree more Today's podcast is sponsored by Share the Love. Share the Love is our way of making a difference. For every placement we make with love recruitment or love care recruitment, we plant 50 trees. To find out more, head to our Share the Love section of one of our websites. So you, one of the answers, again, I'll move on to the next question soon, I promise, but you mentioned about failure being a word you don't particularly like. Fair enough, but you, you prefer the word feedback around that. Yep. We, spoke, we actually obviously spoke off camera before about, about this before we started. We talked about the feedback loop and the importance of feedback. Do you mind talking a bit more about why you see that as so important, if that's okay? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a real stigma around failure. I think no one, like, no one wants to fail. Failure's an inevitability in life. You, you know, life isn't a straight curve. It, nothing, you know, that's not, that isn't a goal you achieve. If it's from A to B done, easy peasy, that's a task, that's not a goal. And, you know, you see all the memes and the, the inspirational leadership pictures where, you know, success isn't a straight curve and it looks like a bit of spaghetti. And I, I just feel that the passion and energy that leaders should have when things are going really, really well and everything seems amazing, everything's going great, that level of energy and focus and determination should be should be more present when things are off track that turns that curve upwards again and gets you back on track quicker where if we look at we're having a bad day or a bad week or we're off target or things are not going according to plan or you know just there's a challenge in life i think if we start pointing fingers and moaning and change our demeanor about it, it that's quite toxic that can be more detrimental younger people in your organization with less experience then will mirror and you know that behavior breeds the mm. same behavior and i think it's just as important you know to find the learnings on a bad day and celebrate them learnings that yes we found the solution that's going to help us get back on track and if we did that with the same energy and passion and focus that we do when we're celebrating a win or, or a success suddenly we're just changing the narrative around we get excited when we're not on track great because we know how we can get back on it and yeah. if um, an old boss of mine used to say you know we used to take the team out for a beer when we've had a bad week not a good week because there's trust in this team and we can openly communicate with what's not gone so well and then at least we know where we stand and if, if you've got trust in a team your communication then becomes feedback and yeah. it doesn't become criticism so I think Nice. The trust bit's important first. If it, if you haven't got trust in a team and you're giving feedback, it can come across as criticism, and it creates conflict. So trust first. Be open to feedback. Put your hand up and acknowledge mistakes. Put your hand. And I wish I did more of that when I was younger, mm. but that comes with hindsight and experience. And, but, and, and dare I say, it comes with feedback. <laughs> it does. Of course, it does. And to be told that you need to open up and be honest and be be vulnerable. But again, that comes from trust. And what I hope I kind of inspire into my teams now is that it's okay not to win every day. It's okay to acknowledge today's been terrible. Um, 
but for people to to be able to say that without fear of consequence yeah um that repetitive failure or don't like using that word i did um there's you know then then there's more support required at that point but if it's you know boss i need help i'm off track yeah you've got to create that platform that that's okay to say that and i think sometimes i've come across lots of leaders that have been I've had a I've had a different journey where that's not been okay to say that it's almost been, you know, they I fear I'm going to fail or I'm useless or I'm not very good and if I say that I appear weak. So with experience you've built up over time, do you find yourself now being more conscious of when you've got to intervene with that feedback, with that positivity, with the with the constructive feedback at that mm. particular point? Do you find yourself more conscious of that? Do you dial up your contact with your teams at that time? Yeah, sure and. You know, most businesses, you know, there's KPIs, there's goals out there that must be achieved. And where I've where I've had teams that are not necessarily on track and they're not delivering and are well off the goal, um, we look at the short wins. And we've spoken a lot in team sport in my particular region at the moment about about just marginal gains and growth. And you could be at X, the goal is Y. Would you know what? You might not get to Y next month. It might take two, three months to get there. But you know what? next week be better than last week the week after that be better and if the curve is going forward and up that's okay the that's trend, good the trend we're yeah. on the right path and you know i guess what's going to happen you'll achieve that goal and it becomes the norm the goal posts move naturally because business wants to grow so you never actually achieve the goal just keep, do, keep, you just keep doing it keep the trajectory be, keep going don't you yeah. Because if you do achieve it, we, you don't get to the end of that and go, brilliant, we can shut up shop now. We never have to go to work again because we've achieved it. Yeah. That don't happen. Life's a journey. And life, and life compounds as well, doesn't it? Yes. You, it, it compounds over and over again, so you're constantly raising that bar all the time. Correct. Let's talk about influences. So in terms of influences on you as a person, mm -hmm. in your career, from books, from podcasts, family, whatever it might be, what what have been key influences on, on you? Me. Um, Reading has not been one of my strong points. I do like picking up a book and reading self-help, learning, leadership books, if it's related to sport or football, more so than um, life coaches, just because football and sport's a passion of mine and I can relate, and a lot of these books do, they're transferable. Yeah, So even though you're a Charlton fan. Even though I'm a Charlton <laughs> fan, you know, but I, I guess that's built resilience <laughs> in my life, you know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, never mind, it could be worse. Um, so I like doing that. One book I'd recommend is a book called Educating Football by Steve Salis. Steve was my PE teacher. Wow. Um, he went on to work for Millwall Football Club. Um, so I told you it could be worse. He's now, <laughs> he is now a, um, a coach developing and helping elite athletes in their own mindset and their own careers and stuff. And the book's great because it talks about what life is like at schools, what it's like in life, what it's like being an elite athlete and how you can resonate with all of them and there's so much in their teachings about how to help people as well which I thought was great nice you asked you asked me earlier about the influencer in my life and and, and stuff Lawrence and, and and weirdly enough it's my daughter it's not someone on social media it's not a public figure there's loads of people I can thank in my career that's worked for me and helped me along but there's too many to mention but the one person in my life is Leonor my daughter she's she's nearly seven and actually it's interesting as she comes home from school and she'll talk about values, she'll talk about helping other people, she'll talk about the most important thing to be, if you're gonna be anything, is to be kind. 
she comes home and talks about growth mindset. She tells me, I can't, I don't, daddy, don't say you can't do it, say you can't do it yet. Love it. And it's amazing. The stuff she talks about is the same stuff we all get, get really into at work. And we talk about every day and why these things are so important. And they're the things that keep us up at night and the things that help us get the wheel turning faster to achieve our goals in business. Yeah, I go home and have very similar conversations with my daughter and it's such an innocence about it. And that makes me humble and um, really grounds me because actually we can talk about all this stuff and enjoy it. And that comes back to, I guess, being, being present because we can, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more pressure at my age than there is at seven, <laughs> being seven, you know, with that stuff. But actually it just, just goes to show you that if you take, don't take life too seriously in the sense that um, if you can take it through an innocent seven year old's eyes and apply that to life, actually, you know, the pressures are still there, but you know what you might do with a smile on your face and enjoy it, enjoy the journey. It makes me think of a couple of things. First and first things first, it makes me think of uh, Craig Jones's podcast that we mm. did talking about, he honestly believes everyone should work with children because yeah. the, the yeah. enlightenment you get, the honesty you get from working Definitely. with children. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an amazing part of his podcast. And the second is actually um, a book. Um, have you ever read The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse? I haven't. I also have a seven-year-old, and I've read that book with her. There was, it was on TV over Christmas as well. It's the most enlightening wisdom in a children's book I think you can come across. We said almost every single page, you'll stop and go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And it resonates, yeah. and there's knowledge, and there's wisdom. It's amazing. Great. I, I thoroughly recommend you read it with your daughter. Will do. Thank you. Um, go forward. I want to come back a little bit to the... I guess the physicality of interviews themselves. So we spoke right at the top about some of the, some of the guidance and tips you'd give to businesses around getting the narrative piece right, setting into stage right for them to be successful. What about from a candidate point of view? What advice would you give to a candidate who might be thinking about going for a job interview now, or maybe yeah. even has one this afternoon, who might happen to be listening to us this morning? What are your top tips for those people? Genuinely be yourself in an interview. Don't go in there trying to be something that you think an employer wants you to be. Yeah. You can't put that act on for whether you might be able to pull it on for half an hour, but you're not going to be able to pull it on throughout your career. <laughs> for throughout that. <laughs> Correct. You might then not enjoy what you're doing. You might then come across as dishonest to the employer. And more importantly, by being yourself, that recruiter will decide if you are right for that job. And actually, if you're not, they're probably doing you a favor if you are genuinely being yourself because this job might not be right for you right now. Could not agree more. And do your research on that business. One, because it's important to show that you actually have taken a bit of time to understand what you're getting into. And that does mean a lot to recruiters. But more importantly, like I said, for yourself, you need to understand if this business is gonna be, gonna be right for you. And I'd, I'd be asking the question in that, to whoever's interviewing you to say you know what what is the purpose where would i fit into that how can what can the business do to help me grow tell the employer these are my passions these are my strengths this is what gets me out of bed in the morning this is what i'm really passionate i really like doing and i'm really focused and i've got lots of positive energy on does this and does me and my character and my my self-beliefs and all of that fit in with this business. So important. So important because- Eve spoke about it in her yeah, podcast. Absolutely right, because I'm sitting there interviewing you thinking, okay, now I know about you. I know who you are. And actually now I can see if you're gonna fit into this business, but more importantly, I now get to see the real true you. Yeah. 
And and I'd also say, you know, and I think it's come up in previous podcasts, try not to waffle, try not to answer the question how you think it wants to be heard. Um, and it's okay, you, you're not going to an interview to know everything about this job. That's part, a good leader will know that and will, will know that their job's to help and educate and coach and develop, yeah. develop you into what we're looking for. Okay. Is there, is there a particularly more important part of the recruitment process for you? So I guess from the point of realising, the realisation you have a vacancy to yeah. the point of someone being onboarded, is there a particularly most important part of the process for you? I guess what's changed over the years since I've been recruiting and interviewing people for job roles is the world of technology now has meant things have sped up very quickly. Agreed. So there's two key points I take from that. One is three, four, five stages, processes are gonna turn off a candidate, especially when they could be going for three or four jobs. Actually, they might be great, but someone else is, yeah. Yeah, 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 correct. And someone else has offered them a job because they've actually understood who they are as a person quicker than you have yeah. and put them off. Secondly, we don't live in that world where things are that slow anymore. You know, click of a button and something's on your front door the next day. So you're gonna put off the, you're gonna put off the candidate by going through a long-winded process like that as well. The second part I would say, as I, as I referred to earlier, make that candidate feel really comfortable because it's unnatural and the world of face-to-face -face interviews, you know, since COVID, you know, everything's done via video calls more, more so more than ever now. So actually face-to-face -face interviews and having a one-to-one -one conversation with a stranger isn't, isn't as natural as what it ever used to be. So I think it's, it's really important to make that candidate feel comfortable and get to the point of what you're trying to get out of that very quick. Equally, give that candidate some feedback there and then if you can. If they're not right, don't, don't say, oh, we'll get back in touch with you in a week. Tell yeah. them there and then, let them gut leave with some really good feedback. If you genuinely don't think them, if they are right, tell them, give them a bit of reassurance they've done well, because they're leaving yeah. like, I don't know if it's gone good or bad, tell them. Tell them, and if they've not done so well, give them some feedback, because they might have a job interview, so they might not be right for you, but don't let them go to that other job interview tomorrow and, and do what they did with you, which then impacts their potential to be employed the next day by someone else. Completely agree. Right. Get making sure they have the right experience as well with you, because it might not be the right job then, but it might, they might go off and do something else in their career, and two years' time, they might be the perfect GM for you, one of your Yeah, one of your 100%. Or they might be a customer. Yeah, exactly. They might come back and actually <laughs> yeah. spend their money with you, but they're not going to if they don't think you've actually welcomed them and looked after them in that sense. And it's just that brand piece, isn't it? Making yeah. sure you're seen as you know, a great brand that care, really cares about people, regardless if they're a, a candidate, a customer, or an employee. And you, are you conscious of that? I guess particularly with Team Sport right now, are you quite conscious of, of that experience you have when people come for interviews with you guys? Do you, yeah, do you talk about that as a business? Yeah, 100%, yeah. because we're, we're quite niche. We're, 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 we're adrenaline-based entertainment with a huge hospitality element to this. So it's very difficult to kind of just categorize us as one particular bit of business. There's yeah. a huge element of obviously health and safety that goes into making sure people have uh, safe, unique, fun, exciting experiences. That comes from great hospitality when they're not in a go-kart racing at 40 mile an hour. And equally, we need to make sure the people we're recruiting I've got that real focus for making sure people do have a great, safe, fun experience too. Mm. And it's a real balance. It's a real balance. So it's so important we get the right person, but then we've got to facilitate the opportunity for that candidate to be their true self. Because otherwise we get it wrong and it's our learning, not, not the candidates. Nice, nice. Yourself personally, in terms of how you function, how you get the best out of yourself, do you have a, 
morning routine? Do you have a, <laughs> the way you structure yourself? Do you have a planning session once a week? The, the morning routine depends on what time the kids wake up in the morning. That could be anywhere between 4.30 in the morning to 7 o'clock. Yeah. I don't know what's best, actually. Normally when they have a lie-in, we're grateful, but then it's a panic and a mad rush to get them off to school and childcare, and then it, it, the wife and I's morning's all out the window at I that can point. With that massively. Yeah, and then if they get up really early, we think we've got too much time, but then by the time 8 p.m. comes around again, it's time, time for an early night. Yeah. So um, I f structure and routine's really important, and for us as a family and for me to make sure the work-life balance goes well I think the key thing there is communication yeah and making sure everyone understands sort of you know and I think that goes for anybody you could have a good morning you could have a bad morning which might shape why someone's feeling or behaving or performing the way they are potentially so again I think if, if someone comes to work it's like oh, I was up at half four the kids have been a nightmare today I've not had much sleep last night you can say that in a positive sense I really could do with your motivation <laughs> and drive today because I'm going to need five coffees before lunchtime fair enough for sure. Last few questions, questions if you don't mind. Have you, have you identified, obviously you've worked in different sectors at a senior level now, so you've worked with lots of different types of people, but mm -hmm. in those different types of people, have you been able to identify common themes of the successful ones that, that have crossed your path so far? Are there mm -hmm. consistent, maybe one or two consistent things you see in successful people that you've come across? Definitely. It, the the, the the great people I've been able to, I'm lucky enough to have been able to work with that have supported and shaped my career. I've worked with them as a human being, not as a, I've not seen them with behind the name tag, behind a job title, behind an element of self-importance or I'm in more senior role. It doesn't, it's never felt like there's been a, a level of hierarchy. It's just been working with great people that really care, that have got a genuine, natural intent to make sure you're cared about as a human being I think that's been touched on some other podcasts as well but it's it's, yes. it's so true yeah you, 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 and we do an exercise in leadership courses we run with team sport and we say right on one flip chart paper put up one or two words that describe an amazing boss you've worked for and then on the other side of the room what does put someone that's not been so influential on in your career what what are them behaviors and characteristics and traits look like and everything that comes up when you're describing an amazing boss, as they've all been natural human behaviours. Yeah. There's no secret. There's no. You don't need a PhD or a load of funny letters after your name to get this in life. It's you know, it's it's just been about people genuinely wanting to care about you as a person, as an individual, as a team, and being aligned with helping each other. And so much you can, so much to say for that in life as well as in in your career. Being a good human. It's interesting exercise. We've done not exactly the same, but similar all correct exercise. And I completely agree. One of the common themes of great bosses is that mm. is proper human. Another one I've I've identified, whether in words your mouth whatsoever, is people identify people who are honest with them and hold them accountable and drive them and realise that sometimes to have the conversation that you need to hear, not mm -hmm. what you want to hear sometimes. It makes me think back as a guy called Russell Longwood is now regional director for, for Dave Lloyd, from the best boss I've ever had. He always held me accountable. He was always honest. He told me what I needed to hear and that made me the best version of myself mm. I could possibly be. That's something I try and take into my relationships at work. Would you agree that's, that pops up sometimes? Do you have that? I, I totally agree by okay. that, but I think that has more meaning if there's a why behind it. Yeah, a why for that. you personally, a why of why you're doing it for your boss. 
like do I have trust in you have we got a great relationship yeah. do I know that this purpose why I'm accountable for this is going to have a bigger meaning for the business I'm in yeah so I think it all stems back to trust and relationship but and again you need to be accountable for something if you're not you're just what are you doing okay. what, what do you what's your purpose if you could give some advice to your 21 year old self what would your advice be do more spin classes and stay fitter <laughs> for longer oh. It's, it's, it's harder, it's harder when you get older. Um, I've I mentioned it a lot today around being present and stuff, but I think back to my 21 year old self, really try and enjoy where you are. Life's, life's short, but you work a long time in that short life and really enjoy what you're doing. Life's full of twists and turns. It's a journey, it's a roller coaster. Leave a great legacy behind, but enjoy where you are because I wish I'd done more spin classes. I wish I weren't. I wish I wasn't. It's still time. <laughs> it's still time. Yeah. Just harder. I am back on the bike a bit more than I was, and I'm really. I feel like I'm 21 year old. A 21 year old again on a spin bike when I'm on it. The heart and lungs ain't telling me something different right now. Um, and 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 don't worry so much about where you want to be in five years' time. Yes, have drive and have a direction and a clear goal, but don't 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 lose sleep over that. Like it. Live in, live in the moment with a smile on your face and if you're remembered, remember this person that's always driven, always happy, they always smiled. What, I don't think there's anyone that would say, I don't want to be remembered for that. Mm. That's, it's, it's, um, I think just being happy and not trying to chase a goal to think then, if I chase this, I will then be happy if I achieve this. Do it the other way around. Be happy first in what you're doing. Really enjoy what you're doing and actually achieving that goal actually becomes more enjoyable. Nice. If you could recommend another guest that you think we should have on the show, who would you recommend? I would recommend Will Lockwood. He's the learning and development manager for Team Sport. He's got a great background and a really interesting career. Um, worked um, in the Navy, I believe. Really good career about humbleness, around uh, working in an environment where you might not have so many, um, you know, it, it, it take, he, he's got some great stories about uh, environments to work in that are not as, you know, cosy and cushy is what some of us live in today. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. But he, he's he's used that experience to help him Amazing. really enjoy where he's today. Nice. Last one. If there's one thing that you would like people who've listened to this episode today to take away from this, maybe something we said or haven't said. Mm. What's the one thing you'd like them to take away from listening to you today? I would say that my career journey and growth. I've looked back. That what's given me probably the most self fulfillment hasn't been my own sort of progression or me achieving certain goals but actually seeing how I've shaped and helped other people and in turn that's kind of been a natural consequence of helping me and I guess if you can go around life being happy be happy with what you're doing gen genuinely do a job that you enjoy doing and be surrounded by people that really care and if you're in that environment and you've got a genuine self-intent to want to help other people career their career grow and develop you just you're on the right you're on the right boat you're, nice. you're going in the right direction with people at the same time and you're enjoying it and actually making a difference to other people which you want that is what i want to be remembered for i think if you can do that to other people that's exactly what what you'll get as well wise words buddy wise words thank you so much for your time today really really enjoyed having you on thanks Lawrence. it's been great genuinely loved doing that podcast and I really hope you guys enjoy listening to it and as usual here are my three key takeaways 
Um, the first one is quite early on, uh, Leiden talked about the importance of stretching your comfort zone. Um, he discusses this and obviously in the context of his career and the different steps that he's taken, which I think is obviously hugely relevant in itself, but also applies to so much more of stretching yourself and looking to test yourself in different arenas and different things. I think it's a really important life lesson. He also talked about, so point two, he also talks about the importance of helping other people to be successful. Um, so a lot of your personal success is actually helping others to be successful. The example he gave was his own teams, making sure they've got the platforms to be successful, but also helping your boss, helping your leadership team to, to do their job well. And if you're doing that really well and you're thinking of others, you would tend to progress. And that was his secret sauce. The last last point is he talks on things is really prevalent about trust first. So get your team on side in terms of making sure they trust you because a lot of the uh, a lot of the team performance and results you're looking for often come and stem from having trust from your team in and around it. And I thought that's a really, really important point. So thanks very much for listening to another episode of Love Your Career Podcast and we'll see you next time. This is the Love Your Career Podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.